Differing Things is a podcast which focuses on how far religion and society have deviated from the Bible. Differing Things will cover many topics, both spiritual and current, to draw our listeners closer to their creator. Now for today's host, Bill Petrie. I want to look at um, a passage that typically is a very problematic passage for a lot of people. Um, but before I get to that, and eventually we're going to end up in 2 Kings chapter 8. But before we go there, I want to turn to a passage in John chapter 8. So John chapter 8. And in John chapter okay. 8, Me neither. I yeah. want to look at verse 53, John 8 and verse 53. And then after we read verse 53, I want to skip down to verses 56 through 57. So in the Concordant Version, it reads this way. Not you are greater than our father Abraham, who died, and the prophets died. Whom are you making yourself to be? Now, verse 56. Abraham, your father, exalts that he may become acquainted with my day, and he was acquainted with it and rejoiced. The Jews then said to him, You have not as yet lived 50 years. And you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I am saying to you, Ere Abraham came into being, I am. They pick up stones then that they should be casting them at him. Yet Jesus was hid and came out of the sanctuary, and passing through the midst of them, he went and passed by. Now, it's interesting here, this passage, and I, I don't want to look at it the way it's typically looked at. I want to look at it in a little bit of a different light tonight. There's, there's a question that is being asked, and the question is being asked by those testing Jesus is, well, <clears throat> Are you saying that you knew Abraham and you're not even 50 years old yet? And Jesus says, literally, yes. And we know Jesus is how old physically at this time? 30. 30. He's somewhere between 30 and 33, right? Right. Yeah. And how, how, how many years prior to Jesus did Abraham live? 2,000. <laughs> it was a lot, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A long time. Abraham was around thousands of years before Jesus. And Jesus is saying, literally, that he knew Abraham. So the question that, that comes up is, was Jesus Christ older than Abraham? Yeah, because he said before Abraham was, I am. Right. Now, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Okay. Because how old is Jesus Christ? 
He's ageless. He is eternal. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ is eternal? The uh, Well, his deity is eternal. But he was given a body with a lifespan of approximately 30-some years for the suffering of death for our benefit. Well, let's focus on his his physical body, right? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. About 30. Okay. Yet, he's saying he knew Abraham. So, yeah. so we have two different issues at play here. There's a physical age. Mm-hmm. But then there's there's what I'll call a spiritual age. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we can go back to, for instance, Gen- John 1, 1, right? Before Jesus Christ was Jesus Christ, what was he referred to? The Word. The right. Word, right? Yes. Right. So, so he he was around that. Yes. The point. Yeah. Now I want to go to a passage that has driven people crazy through the years. All right. And that's in Second Kings chapter eight. Second Kings chapter eight. And if, if you want to take another finger and stick it in Second Chronicles chapter 22. <clears throat> so you're going to have two passages. Second Kings 8, Second Chronicles 22. Now, what I want to do tonight, hopefully, by the end of the night, I'm going to take a passage that seems to contradict and seems to baffle a lot of critics and show you how they actually harmonize. Okay. Let's start here in Second Kings. Chapter number eight. And if somebody could read verse 26. Second Kings eight, verse 26. Thanks, John. Two and 20 years old was Ahaziah. When he began to reign and he reigned. One year in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Athaliah, the daughter of Amri, king of Israel. So we have some information here about a king, right? Yeah. The king Ahaziah, and he was how old? 22. 22. 22, yeah. 22 years old. We also have some information as to who his mother is now this is unusual because it's referencing him to his mother and not his father that's unusual and that should that should spark curiosity Mm -hmm. right now athaliah is important because she's the daughter of omri Mm So, so this is an important person in that sense. Now, I want you to understand something. She's referenced as the daughter of Omri, but she's actually, if you actually went back and traced it out, 
would actually be the granddaughter of Omri. She's yeah, actually I, the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. Yes, right. Okay. Uh, now, scriptures oftentimes will will reference a person as being a son or a daughter, even though they may be a grandchild. Okay, they're they're of that line. That's the idea that it's trying to convey. Now, what's important here is we have a connection between Israel and Judah and the royal lines of both families. Yes. Okay. Now, keep your hand here in Kings, and let's go to the passage in Second Chronicles. And in Second Chronicles, I'm going to have somebody read verse two of chapter twenty-two. Second oh, Chronicles, okay. Second Chronicles, chapter twenty-two. In verse 2. I can do that. Okay, thank you. Forty and two years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Athaliah, the daughter of Amri. And now, the King James renders it 42 years there, right? Yeah. Now, a lot of your newer translations are going to use a different number. Mm. And I'm going to read it out of the concordant here because it, it will use a different number. It says here, Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, granddaughter of Omri. Now, he has a note. <clears throat> and if you follow the note down, it will state 22. It's a note on the year age 22, and it'll read the Hebrew text is 42. Hmm. Okay. And then it takes you back to 2 Kings chapter 8. In the Nat Bible, hmm. it references 42. And it makes reference that one manuscript used in the Septuagint in a couple of Syriac manuscripts will have it as 20 or 22 years. But the overwhelming majority of manuscripts, both in the Septuagint and in the Hebrew texts, have 42. And I'm going to submit it should be 42. Mm -hmm. And now we have a problem, don't we? Yep. And what would be the problem if it's 42 in Chronicles? <clears throat> no contradiction. There's a contradiction. Because in, in Kings, he's referenced as being 22, right? Yeah, for sure. So there's a discrepancy. And I want to I want to show you how this discrepancy is solved. Okay? 
because I, I I do think the overwhelming majority of manuscript evidence should have it at 42, not 22. So let's look at this for a few moments. In 2 Kings chapter 8, we I made note that the passage identifies his mother. Now, the norm would be to identify the father, right? Especially when he's laying claim to a throne. Why wouldn't you appeal to who the throne would come through? But the passage doesn't do that. The passage goes back and brings up his mother and references her relationship to Omri. So it's it's interesting that Athaliah is the person that is referenced and not, not Ahaziah's father. Now, I want to give you another passage, because again, I think it's important to, to have a point of reference here. In 2 Peter, you don't have to turn there, but in 2 Peter chapter 3, we have an interesting passage that Peter records for us. And I think I think it's important to keep this in mind. And 2 Peter 3, verse 8. Now, this one thing you are not to be oblivious, beloved, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Mm-hmm. Now, this is telling us some information about God. And the idea here is that God doesn't necessarily see time the way we do. And by that, I mean, he has a different perspective. If you're not capable of death, then time really doesn't have quite the same meaning to you as it would us, would it? For instance, if I know I only have a few years to live and I have this long list of things I want to do before I, I die, then I'm, I have a sense of urgency to do something, don't I? My perspective is different. If I know my time is limited, my perspective becomes totally different. Days, days seem short and quick and fast, but that's not the case with God because he's not capable of death. His his perception of time isn't the same as our perception, is it? No. Now, last week we looked at a passage where we saw God had a gap of time built into a passage, right? Here I want to show you that he's looking at something that he has a physical age, but it also has a spiritual age that goes with it. And the two are different. Just like Jesus could say that he had seen Abraham, and yet he's only 30 years old. Right? 
So you, you, you have this dynamic here. Now, if we go back into Kings for a second, I just, I just want to give you a little bit of history, and I'm going to spare a lot of reading going through some of these passages. But if you, if you have an interest, just jot down the names. And when you jot down the names, um, you'll, you'll be able to trace the lineages. Back in verse 26, we have Omri referenced, who was king of Israel. Now, we know that Omri has a son, and his son's name is Ahab. And Ahab will marry Jezebel. Now, most of us are familiar with Ahab and Jezebel, I think. Mm-hmm. Two of the most vile people in scripture. They will have a daughter, Athaliah. She will marry Jehoram, who is the king of Judah. So, so follow this. Oftentimes in biblical times, you would have marriages between different royal families, wouldn't you? And the idea was to try to build a, a um, partnership or an ally through marriage. So Athaliah <clears throat> is married to the king of Judah, and his name is Jehoram. They have a son, Ahaziah. Those names are tough. They don't roll off the tongue very easy. (laughs) Right? But we have to understand there's a divided kingdom, isn't there? You have the 10 northern tribes who comprise Israel and the two southern tribes that comprise Judah. Through the marriage of Athaliah to Jehoram, these two royal lines are joined. Now, with that in in mind, let's go to chapter 16 of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 16. And if if you have a question or a comment, you can always jump in. We're pretty informal. Just, you know, ask a question or whatever. But in 1 Kings chapter 16, I want to look at verses 22 and 23. I'm reading this out of the King James. But the people that followed Omri prevailed against the people that followed Tibni, the son of Genah. So Tibni died and Omni reigned. In the 30 and first year of Asa, king of Judah, began Omri to reign over Israel. Twelve years. Six years reigned he in Terzah. Now that's interesting. He brings up this city called Terza, which is a city inside of Samaria. Now, 
it tells us he reigned 12 years, right? But God is shifting the focus from the entire 12 years to six specific years. The six years that he begins to do something in this city called Terza. Now skip down to verse 24. And he bought the hill Samaria of Shemar for two talents of silver and built on the hill and called the name of the city which he built after the name of Shemar, owner of the hill, Samaria. Now, how many of us have ever heard of Samaria? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it a significant place? Yeah. 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 What what begins to transpire in Samaria? Well, let's let's continue down. Verse 25. But Omri wrought evil in the eyes of the Lord and did worse than all that were before him. Wow. For he walked in all the way he, for he walked in all the ways mm. of Jeroboam the son of Nebat and in his sin wherewith he made Israel to sin to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger with their vanities. Now follow what it's saying here. He walked in the ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Then it goes, and in his sin, who sinned? Omnis. Omnis. In his sin, what did he do? He did worse. He did worse, and he made Israel sin. Mm -hmm. And he provoked the Lord God of Israel, or Yahweh Elohim of Israel, to anger. Amri begins something in this six years that he's reigning out of, out of uh, Tizra. Tizra. And what he's beginning to do here is so heinous and so evil and so vile that God is making special note of it. It provokes him to anger. Now, in verse 29, what happens, Omri dies in verse 27. Ahab comes to rule in his place. And in verse 29, and in the 30 and 8th year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Omri, to reign over Israel. Mm -hmm. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel where? Samaria. In Samaria. Yeah. 20 in two years. So it's interesting. You went from Terza to Samaria. Omri began a work in Samaria. And 
Ahab now is intensifying that work. So I want you to follow with me here. You have six, six years of Omri in, in Terza. And you have 22 years with Ahab, right? It gives us how many years? 30. 28, right? Oh, okay. So six plus 22 would be 28. Now, look here in verse 32. Actually, let's read 31 and 32. And it came to pass, as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sense of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built where? In Samaria. Huh. In Samaria. Now notice here, what happens is Omri begins this work. He's the one that purchases Samaria. He's the one that begins to implement a religious system in Samaria. And now Ahab begins to build an altar for Baal and builds a house or a temple for Baal. And as he does this, he's causing worship to go to Baal in Samaria. So we could say then that Ahab built a house to worship his God. Just as Solomon built a house to worship God. Uh-huh. But they're not the same God. Right. They're different beings, different entities. <clears throat> what Omri and Ahab begin to do is to institute a counterfeit religion. Mm-hmm. That counterfeit religion is Baal worship. And they literally, Ahab has literally built a city and a temple for Baal. Now, in chapter 8 of 2 Kings, if you want to go back there, 2 Kings chapter 8. In verse 25, if somebody would like to read that, 2 Kings 8, verse 25. Okay. Get that, Bill. Thanks, Phil. In the 12th year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, did Ahaziah, 
the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, began to reign. So it's interesting. We have Jehoram, or Joram, I'm sorry. And he reigned how year? How long? Twelve years. Twelve years. No, in the twelfth year. Right. So twelve years. And reign. He reigns. Because Ahab had died. And then obviously Joram dies. And who takes over? Ahaziah, right? Yeah. So he's ruling in Israel. And then in the next verse, we see he begins to rule in Jerusalem as well. Mm. So he's one of the few kings that actually rules in both places. Wow. Now, here's the other thing. We know Joram reigned for 12 years. Um, let's do the math. Six years of Omri and Terza. All from second community. 22 years of Ahab. All from 12 years of Joram is how many years? 40. 40. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 22. 1 Kings. Chapter 22, and I want verse 51 here. 51. Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria. The 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned two years over Israel. So follow this. Ahaziah is reigning two years in in Israel. So six years plus 22 years plus 12 years plus two years is how long? Forty-two. It's 42 years. I believe this is what God is trying to get at in Chronicles. There's a 42-year of period of time that culminates with Ahaziah coming to the throne of both Israel and Judah. But there's a 42-year period of time where Israel has implemented and aggressively pursued Baal worship. I don't think the scriptures made a mistake here in the Hebrew. It's trying to pinpoint something for us. He's not, I, I don't believe it's trying to convey to us how old Ahaziah really is in Chronicles as much as how old the evil that he's bringing into Judah is. It's 42 years in the making. And now he has come to the throne of, of <laughs> Israel or, or of Judah. He has a reign where he's king of Israel, 
king of Judah. He's king of Syria for two or Israel for two years, but only king in Judah for one. Okay, now in First Kings chapter twenty-two. Can somebody read verses 52 and 53? I can read that, Bill. Thanks, John. First Kings 22. Right. 52 and 53. Correct. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. For he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked the Lord to anger. Uh, The Lord God of Israel, um, he provoked to anger the Lord God of Israel according to all that his father had done. So what we see is Ahaziah is in the same image of what his... what has taken place before him. And again, isn't it interesting? It references his mother again. It ties you into that lineage. He's he's in the same image. He's provoked Israel to sin. It begins, there's a there's a spirit of rebellion that began with Jeroboam, right? That's why it constantly goes back to Jeroboam. But the rebellion that Jeroboam began gets intensified at least Jeroboam still allowed worship in is in in Judah but what Amri begins to do is to set up a counterfeit religion in a city that he had purchased from some land and he calls it Samaria Ahab builds a temple in Samaria to worship. And this is just intensified with each successive generation so that you get to the point of where Israel has so rejected God that that their religion isn't even recognizable to some degree. It's idol worship. It's false God worship. It's an abomination before Yahweh. And isn't it interesting? Just think when Jesus encounters the woman at the well in John chapter four, right? Right. And there's a a reference being made. Well, you say that we need to go to Jerusalem to worship, and we say that we worship in in Samaria, right? The whole idea here is that there's this counterfeit that has been built. And this is this is 42 years in the making, and now it is here where Judah is about to be exposed to this. Because now they have a sovereign or a king who is overseeing it in Israel. Which takes us then back to 2 Chronicles 22. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 22, 
we have a significant event. The king of Israel becomes the king of Judah. The king of Israel, who has allowed this rebellion and false religious worship, this Baal worship, has embraced it, has intensified it, has institutionalized it, is now taking the throne in Jerusalem. Forty-two years of instituted Baal worship. I think this is what the writer of Chronicles is trying to get at and why there's a different age given. I don't think he's he's trying to tell us specifically what his age is as much as it's been 42 years this institutionalized Baal worship has been in place. And now the leader of it has control of Jerusalem. Oh. Now, let's, let's read verses 1 and 2 again. In 2 Chronicles, chapter 22. I'm going to read out of the concordant, but I'm going to use 42 instead of 22. Verse 1, the dwellers of Jerusalem made Ahaziah, his youngest son, king in his stead. For the raiding party that came with the Arabians to the camp had killed all the first ones. So Ahaziah son of Jehoram, reigned as king of Judah. And he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, granddaughter of Omri. He too walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother became his counselor to act wickedly. Where I read Ahaziah was 22 years old. I think it should say 42. He's tying us to, he's tying us here to his mother, Athaliah. And he's tying us to the evil that has embodied the southern or the northern kingdom. And now the southern kingdom. Has had has this evil at its doorstep. Kind of kind of crazy, isn't it? Now, I want to I want to go to one last passage here. Mm. In Second Kings nine, Second mm. Kings nine. And there's a conflict going on. There's always a conflict going on at this time. But in 2 Kings 9, let's look at verse 16. So Jehu rode in a chariot and went to Jezreel, for Joram lay there. 
And Ahaziah, king of Judah, was come down to see Joram. Now, let's skip down to verse 25. Then said Jehu to Bidkar, his captain, Take up and cast him in the portion of the field of Naboth, the Jezreelite. For remember how that when I and thou rode together after who? Ahab. And who's Ahab? His father. His father. He's tying you back into Ahab, right? Yeah. The Lord laid this burden upon him. Surely I have seen yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, saith the Lord, and I will requite, requite thee in this plat, saith the Lord. Now therefore take and cast him into the plat of ground according to the word of the Lord. But when Ahaziah, the king of Judah, saw this, he fled by the way of the garden house, and Jehu followed after him and said, Smite him also in the chariot. And they did so at the going up to Ger, which is by Iblam, and he fled to Megiddo and died there. So he he is killed one year into his reign in Judah, and the kingdoms become separate again. I think Judah dodged a bullet. I think the evil that Ahaziah was going to bring to the house of God in Jerusalem was blotted out when Jehu killed Ahaziah. You had 42 years of institutionalized Baal worship come into the house of Jerusalem. And God wipes out Ahaziah so that, the, so that it doesn't come to fruition. I think what you have here that's recorded for us in Scripture is a physical age of Ahaziah. He's 22. And you have a spiritual age of something that God is following and tracing. That's 42 years in the making. What was that? The sin of Baal worship. We want to thank you for listening to this week's Differing Things podcast. If you would like to get more information about the Bible, please check out our website, www.beacon-ministries.org. Do not forget to join us next week for a new Differing Things podcast.